Hi, I'm Lisa. Welcome to Quarantales. This podcast developed out of a group of people that came together to support each other online through the COVID-19 quarantine in 2020. Everybody has a story, and I feel it's necessary at this point in time to capture what people have to say. So on this podcast, you'll enjoy listening to quote-unquote everyday people sharing their stories about what's happening today in their daily lives. I hope you enjoy. I think you'll relate, and I really appreciate you joining. I also want to give a special shout-out to the uber-talented Paul Luke Bonenfant for composing our awesome intro. Thank you, Luke. And here we go. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for joining. I really appreciate you listening. Um, I am here today with a uh, really inspiring artist. Um, I have Mac Aroni with me today. Good morning, Mac. How are you? Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining. Um, I'm just super excited to have you on today uh, to talk about your experiences and kind of what's going on in your world right now. Um, before we get started, if you don't mind, though, maybe can you share a little bit with the listeners about um, who you are? Yes. So I'm Macaroni. I'm an artist, um, a musician, an art director, a writer. I do a lot of different things. I'm based in Brooklyn. And yeah, I'm in quarantine like the rest of us. So yeah. And I, um, you are in quarantine like the rest of us but not yeah. really like the rest. I mean, you're doing oh, some super like unique worse. things. <laughs> Is I guess, it? I guess, yeah. I mean, I've become, yeah, almost. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's been almost three months and New York City has been in an extreme lockdown. And so, yes, I've actually started a project where I'm writing a book in the center of Times Square during quarantine. Yeah, I so want to talk about this. Yes. I love this. <laughs> yes. I love- so I see your Instagram and your Facebook posts and, um, and I, first of all, just, I just like under creativity and arts and I just love, I love, 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 love what you're doing. So you are, what ever, is it every day or most days setting yourself right now, up in times? You know, it's when it rains, I don't go out, you know, um, okay. but I am there most days. Yes. Most days. I am out there writing a book and honestly, this, I mean, Times Square is an international place. It is the number one tourist spot in America. There are millions and millions and millions of feet that go past every year, thousands every day. And right now it's empty. That's crazy. Empty, you know, aside from, you know, you know, there's a few hundred people walking by, but it's (laughs) completely different experience. Normally, it's panic inducing to mm-hmm. go to Times Square. You know, it's just a nightmare, you know. And um, right now it's, it's seriously peaceful. You know, the wind is like blowing in your hair and someone's playing the saxophone in the distance. And, oh, wow. People That's... are strolling by. Yeah. And then, but everything is still lit up. You know, all of the billboards are still going. And okay. Yeah. And so I've chosen to, and it's turned into me being an elf. Um, being an yes. elf has just become a part of my identity now, which it really feels right. There's uh-huh. something at home that feels <laughs> being an elf. Um, but now, any, yeah, I'm an elf in Times Square writing a spiritual science fiction novel okay. about 
about a better world, I hope. A bridge to a better world. Great. I love the topic. I yes. really do. Okay. So you've given me so many things I want to ask questions about. So, <clears throat> so sitting, so you're, I, you have long blue hair, right? I mean, I think anybody going through Times Square right now would probably recognize you and yes. see you sitting there. Are you drawing attention? So I know there's not as many people, but there are people. Are you no, drawing attention so to yourself? Right. There's certainly enough people where it's, I guess, worth my while, you know, I mean, uh-huh. but there is peace, you know, it's a good balance. And, um, no, yeah. I mean, I definitely, I am again, this art director, you know, I have a certain vision of even the book I'm writing. Like I, it, it has started to become like an extension of the book I'm writing, just this character that I am. Like, I look like I've landed from outer space. I wear these goggles on my head. I have the long blue hair, elf ears, you know, I draw the symbols all over my face and, you know, I sit on the space blanket and then I have signs. I have one sign that says on one side, um, middle of chaos. And then the other side, it says moment of peace. Oh, and it. although now I'm actually, cause I'm going out later today. I'm actually, I'll tell you, this is a sneak preview. I'm doing it today in the center of Grand Central Station. Um, And I'm doing it actually kind of as like an elf protest, uh, like quarantine protest of one. And I'm making signs about uh, George Floyd. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And just basically saying um, Black Lives Matter. Yes. And, you know, yeah. And so just making a little demonstration. And then I'm going to go back over to Times Square probably. Because I think I'm going to, get kicked out of Grand Central Station. I'm really just going to take some photos and make a statement and then go to Times Square and do it and finish writing my book there. But I always bring my laptop. That's the thing. It's the elf on the laptop. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, you have to be recognizable and, and definitely setting an imprint in people's minds. And I think that that's really cool because you're creating a platform for yourself, right? And I just admire it so much. It's very cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So um, in Times Square, when you sit in Times Square on your blanket with your laptop and all the lights and all the signs are still going, um, do you find that particularly inspirational or do you find it, um, is it something that's uh, just kind of there or distraction even for what you're doing? I'm curious how that works for you. Oh no, it's a total inspiration. Oh, everything around me is an inspiration there. And especially because there is this peace element that's not normally there. Like, I feel like this, it's almost mine during quarantine. I mean, I share it with other people, but I am this queen for a while of Times Square. And um, everyone has really good energy towards me. You know, like really, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some questionable characters that are roaming around, but for the most part, it's just all great experiences. People are very interested in what I'm doing, and we have spiritual conversations. You know, a lot of times people sit down and talk to me. Okay. And we talk about life, or we talk about, you know, the things I'm writing or the things that's going on in their life. And some someone played me a song the other day, and 
you know, but, but I mean, I wouldn't say that's for the most part, people sometimes do that for the most part, people just really want to watch me write. Like people like this voyeuristic aspect of, you know, I'm working, you know, people will ask what I'm doing and then they're like, Oh, you're writing a book. And then they'll just stand and watch. I had, I have people who will sit with me for hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah. While you're yeah. writing. Uh-huh. While I'm writing. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. The extra connection that you're making. Um, it's really interesting. Cause it's also to me, a certain statement about quarantining, you know, like what is it to quarantine in public or like be an introvert. And it's like, I can come out now. And like, mm. what would I do? Cause I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I like this idea of a character. I just like making characters. And I really feel like I'm building this world for my own self to live in and interact mm -hmm. with the real world with in a way. And so, I don't know. I pull a lot of inspiration mm -hmm. from everything around me. So, um, I, that's just so awesome. Um, I, so you mentioned being an introvert. I wanted to ask that too. I know one of the things that I love about New York, at least the New York that I'm familiar with. So prior to this, um, I, I'm also an introvert. So I know, I remember one of my favorite days in New York, I just had a whole day to myself and I spent the entire day just walking around. Um, I went to the museum and I just walked around New York. And what I loved about it was that I was no one. Like I was completely alone, but I was surrounded by people the whole time. So in your case, um, you know, you mentioned being an introvert and I imagine there's a certain amount of that, but you're, you're drawing attention to yourself with your character that you're becoming, that you're evolving into, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really like a fear that I've been overcoming in my own self. I was actually thinking about the other day because it was like a year and a half ago I was trying to do a photo shoot because I'm a musician so I was like I should have pictures for myself mm -hmm. and I was so just nervous about getting in front of the camera I lived with four other girls at the time and I made us all we all did this photo shoot I did individual pictures of them and I just took pictures of all of them and by the time it was my turn, I was like, just not even wanting to do it anymore. It was so funny just how I was avoiding actually just taking my own picture. <laughs> I wanted to take pictures of everyone else in my house. You know, just how crazy we are. You know, I, don't even yeah. I don't even realize it at the time. I'm like, this is fun. And it was fun. But, you know, it was my own neuroses underneath it all. Really, And um, I've really, I mean, grown so far of just like receiving attention. I don't know. It was always something that I didn't, but I like to do it on my own terms. You know, some people are very, very, I don't know, flamboyant in different ways. You know, they're mm -hmm. very loud or not that there's anything wrong with that. Like I really like energy in that way. And I guess mm -hmm. I feel that way when I play music, but my street performing is very quiet is all about this like inner peace or just like being really content like with yourself mm -hmm. you know and I think that's part of the almost magic of this character it's like not even me Shannon it is macaroni like of just like how peaceful she is with herself and how like she doesn't care if anyone's looking like in the center of the universe you know she's just really like doing her own thing mm -hmm. and comfortable and 
I don't know, it really moves people in a way. Like, I really do it just because people like it. You know, it's, it was like, I was, I was doing a photo shoot with my friend and then people just like started taking pictures and started talking to me. And then it was like, oh, I want to keep doing this. And then I was like, fuck, I'm just going to write a book here, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then it's, you know, it's just grown. I've just let it grow into, I guess my own weird little community, you know, now I know all these other street performers in Times Square too. And cause there's still some people out there, you know, there's definitely, it's just a trimmed down crowd, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, is the naked cowboy still out there? He's still out there. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I sit near him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have just, my, oh, sorry. No, I just think that's funny. I just, I think of him when I see what you're doing, not to compare you to him in any way, but like, no, he's out there. He's really out there. I see him on the regular him. There's a Batman. There's some crazy guy who's always like flexing in windows or just like lifting weights. I don't know him. He doesn't talk to anyone. He carries this giant speaker around and he wears a clown mask and he's Uh. like always really shiny and he wears no shirt, but he wears pajama pants. Okay. And he's just like working out like against mailboxes or like scaffolding, just like doing push-ups wow. and like sit-ups and just like has blaring music and again, wearing a clown mask. So yeah. it's, it's a bit crazy. It's a bit like what, <laughs> what is going on? And he's there almost every day. Wow. And he doesn't talk to anyone either. Like the rest of us, you know, we kind of interact. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they have a relationship with him because they know him, but I have not really talked to him. I don't know if he will listen to this. You know, if he's out there, you can say hi. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's definitely like walked past me. But again, he's wearing the clown mask. So mm-hmm. I don't know where his eyes are. You know? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, shirtless with pajama pants and a clown mask. <laughs> Well, and speaking of masks, so you do wear a scarf at least some of the time over your face. Well, most of the time, that's my, yes, because we all have to wear a face mask. Right. right? His is the clown mask, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I, and the, my mask is actually like a headband I got from Walgreens for like $2. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I just, you know, I actually have, thank you. I, I know it really works well. It, it, it fits. And I do have some more masks coming in the mail. I have this cool one that has all of these um, math equations all over it. Oh, love it. Yes. I think math, it, math is the poetry of the universe. You know, it's so sacred. What a great quote. Yeah. I love math. Is that, that's, is that yours? That's awesome. That's I love that. Me. I Math mean, is the other poetry of the universe. think this too. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm sure Albert Einstein has said something similar or something, you know, it's the, but it's, you know, I do, I wear the, the pie symbol on my mm-hmm. third eye mm-hmm. because I think to me, the pie symbol represents that special irrational nature. You know, not everything is concrete and rational and to the line. Mm-hmm. You know, it is 3.1415, et cetera. Right. This never ending number, this random, random number that unlocks the circumference of a circle. 
And this, you know, to know that is to know architecture, is to know the so many things, sacred geometry, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's from that number, and that blows my mind, you know. Mm -hmm. And really, Leonardo da Vinci was actually looking at the flower of life, which I have tattooed on my hand, and it, it it's just a repeating circle sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was looking at that when he discovered um, the golden ratio and he discovered pi, you know, and he figured out like what these sacred numbers are. And um, it's, you know, consciousness is that irrational quality, that unseen, that 3.14159 unrepeating, you know, untangible reality, mm-hmm. you know, so... I don't know if that makes too much sense. I can get a bit ranty, but. No, it does to me. That's why I'm letting you go. Um, oh, okay, great. I, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, ex- I've been exploring my spiritual side for quite a few years. And so, yes. And the more you get into it, the more you realize that math and numbers, geometry, all of that is a part of it. You, I think in the beginning, that seems like it, it couldn't be further from. This, I you know, know the way they sh- I mean cram it down our throats mm-hmm. you know it's all it's not what you say it's how you say it you know right and to really be presented math on the spiritual level like what is one what, mm-hmm. what is that unity what mm-hmm. you know and then two you know those are the poles everything exists on a spectrum you mm-hmm. know the creator what does the creation live upon you know is the number two you know so it's it's really this like interdimensional experience of numbers, mm-hmm. you know, and that is sacred geometry, you know, we, but we see everything so flat. Everything is always on a textbook and then yes. it became a phone, you mm-hmm. know, and then it's, it's, yeah. fed, it's fed to us. Right. It's so crazy how flat and dead it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, everything is just given, like it's fed to us which means it's given to us in a, with someone else's interpretation. That's my exactly. thought behind it. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so um, you mentioned uh, George Floyd, you know, rest in peace, uh, ter- terrible, terrible tragedy um, and very raw right now. Um, I know that you've spent some time with some of the crowds around New York, at least appears that you have um, joined in to some peaceful demonstration. Um, what are you, can you share what you're seeing with regard to that? What your experience has been with regard to that? Yeah, it's been a really humbling response and also a powerful response. You know, again, that unity. Um, and it, it is I think just the least any of us can do is just show up for his death. Mm-hmm. You know, just like if you really want to do something on a personal level, just show up. You know, this is someone in your community, basically, like he did not deserve to die. And that was what stepping on his neck, like how, how do you even justify that? You know, it's mm-hmm. insane. And, and we so peacefully arrest white terrorists who Mm -hmm. kill dozens and dozens in communities we peacefully arrest them so just that in equation that inequity you know is is not okay and 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, so I'm really showing up and I've made my own signs and, you know, my elf in Times Square, you know, mm-hmm. is joining in on the protests and I'm actually, you know, doing a, this um, quarantine protest in Grand Central Station today and doing mm-hmm. my setup with a sign that says elves against police brutality. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, enough is enough. Enough is yeah. enough. Just there's just no excuse. We all and we. This is a community issue. It's mm-hmm. a white people problem. It's mm-hmm. a white people because this is our system, and it's killing unjustly. You know, and it drives me crazy because we constantly debate whether the death penalty is moral or not for Mm -hmm. mass murderers or whatever crazy whatever death Uh penalty people but this is literally just a guy he didn't deserve to die and everyone's like well uh, like maybe you know it's like no he didn't this Uh needs to be prevented this is a bigger moral issue than the death Uh penalty Uh and yeah so Do you think it has anything to people's discomfort in general with maybe themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and the thing is, again, we're raised in a system where everything is dead and everything is flat and we don't, we don't see the depth in each other. You know, this is crazy. I had a white friend tell me that it took him until he was on acid for him to like look at a an african-american guy and be like well we have the same experience or like we're the same you know he's not that different for me and i was like are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> he told it to me like he i should be proud of him or something and i'm like i just dude but i grew up in somewhere that's very diverse that was really um predominantly a latino town you know mm-hmm. so i'm you know i i'm just very comfortable being around any type of person or just any really you know my brother's disabled you know I don't know and so it is our own discomfort and I think that discomfort does come from a primitive tribal place mm-hmm. you know but people yeah. per- the thing is people get personally defensive about a public issue you mm-hmm. know it's like the white agenda is this public issue that like you personally as a white person need to redirect, Uh you know, like you need to be on the side, like, yes, black lives do matter to our agenda. Uh We're not, you know, and it's like, we're not out here forgetting anybody. We're not forgetting who built this country. Uh Well, and the, just even talking about, right from wrong and who's, you know, who's guilty and who deserved what and all of that. I think um, it forces people to deal with their own personal um, feelings, their own personal maybe guilt, or like I said, discomfort that um, people don't like to be uncomfortable. So if there's some story that they can, if there's a story that you can tell yourself that is less uncomfortable, that's more comfortable. I think humans tend to go with that. Um, and it's time for one wants to change. Yeah. 
it's time for us to be uncomfortable. It's so because, but right, that's where growth happens. Growth only happens when you're uncomfortable. Absolutely. Like a muscle, right? You stretch it and it oh, needs to heal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When you work out really well, you so sore the next day, you mm-hmm. know, but even, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger or whatever. And some weird, you know, you growing pain. And, and it's like, okay, I don't know, boo hoo, you have uh-huh. to deal with your internalized racism. I don't know, you know, I mean, but it's, yeah, I, it is a white issue. Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, just like in terms of, I'm a white person uh-huh. and I feel like, yeah, just, it's important to me to get uh, my community of fellow Caucasian people to say black lives matter. And it's like, okay, this one case, like we can go all day debating these little details, but look at the larger picture. Look at this rampant issue. Mm-hmm. Something needs to be done, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, there have been so many peaceful protests. There have been so many, I just went to two of them, you know, in the last two days. And it's like, they, you know, you're not hearing us. It, mm-hmm. it, it took you know, half of Minneapolis to burn down to just arrest mm-hmm. the guy who killed him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a shame on our system. Mm-hmm. That and the community has to go to that length. You know what I mean? It's a reflection. Yeah. I was going to ask you too, like both, both in, in Times Square, especially as you're building a, um, as you're building this identity and people get to know who you are, um, in Times Square and at these protests, do you feel safe? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel unsafe? I feel comfortable. I do. You know, I, is, and at the protests, especially, you know, we're all on the same team. People are bringing water bottles and just sharing them with each other, get passing out free masks, passing out hand sanitizer. Everyone has each other's backs. We're all, you know, on the same side here. And that is that, that powerful unity of that community that God, I was just craving in a way mm-hmm. for like three months of lockdown. Right. You know, to just stand with like thousands of people. And we all just take care of each other and saying, you know, and we care that George died. Uh-huh. We care. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's powerful. It and I haven't. My soul, you know? Yes, definitely. And I, I haven't heard of any um, violence breaking out in your area in New York. I mean, the biggest city with the most people, like, I haven't heard of anything. Maybe there has you know, been. There's been a little, you know, there was like an abandoned van that got set on fire. There's, you know, there's a, a lot of bit. people, you know, there's a little bit, some, some things get set on fire, but you know, no looting really, mm-hmm. really just marching. Everyone is just to get, again, I saw more people passing out free masks and passing out hand sanitizer and water than I did seeing people fighting or breaking shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, it's definitely, uh, it's been a very emotional, uh, there's not even a word for it. <laughs> I think, I, I don't know what word to use for what uh, the world, the nation, I feel and like just its enough, people are feeling. Enough, enough. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I mean, when, and there's, it's crazy because there's been no change. And even Flint, Flint, Michigan has no water. Uh-huh. You know, that's, that's a racist issue. Uh-huh. What, how many, it's been six years. Yeah. There's for sure inequality. So going kind right. of tagging back to the quarantine and the um, pandemic that we're dealing with right now. Um, do you, how do you think, or how do you feel that the fact that we're in that space right now um, may be affecting everyone's reaction to these other issues? Do you think there's any connection between people being kind of locked in and having limited resources? Um, Ooh, that's a really good question. I think absolutely. It's, you know, especially in New York, because, you know, we have already been having a rent strike. You know, these, this political revolution has already been on the tip of everyone's tongues. Uh-huh. And so me personally, you know, I'm ready uh-huh. for change in any way. I see, I see quarantine or coronavirus. You know, if we can just, again, spirituality, going back to spirituality, what is yep. alchemy? Uh-huh. Alchemy, you know, in its purest form is just turning a shitty situation into something golden. You know, uh-huh. how can we turn coronavirus or make sure it's not in vain, all uh-huh. of this disruption, to, for things to just go back to the way it was, like, wouldn't it all be in vain? Uh-huh. You know, change, This is, it's a ripe time for change. And so, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, people have a lot more time to, you know, they, you can't ignore situations anymore. You know, there's just no excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was... One of the things that I've talked about on quite a few episodes, and it's something that I found really striking about this time, specifically with the quarantine, um, as a jumping off point, is that it's been somewhat of an equalizer in my view. Um, Now, that's not to say, I mean, there are still people that have way more resources than other people. So there's still definitely inequality. You may be locked in a fancy house, but you're locked in your house. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying, right? And so, like, and, and in, to a certain degree, I think it's caused people to be more creative. You see a lot more, like where entertainment comes in, tent, creating their own content with what they have, where, they're, where they are. And you see that everywhere from your average, you know, person uh, that's just trying to get a start or put something out there all the way up to professional entertainment, right? Are still mm-hmm. in their homes and having to create something with the have resources seen- that they have. Stephen Colbert does his show on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, just all the um, Jim from the office made his own show. Yes. uh, Some good news. Yes. (laughs) Yes, That's a, that's a big example I use all the time. Yeah. John Krasinski. So, Mm -hmm. um, so from that perspective, there has been quite a bit of leveling out. And I wonder if I know for me personally, it's, it's, it's definitely pointed out what's important versus what isn't important because the things that aren't important have kind of fallen away. Um, A perfect example would be one day when I got in my car to go somewhere in the very, very rare instance, I go anywhere. I was thinking to myself, boy, I guess it really doesn't matter what kind of car I'd have. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. um, Exactly. So perhaps putting priorities more in perspective and a lot of people have spoken about that. And I, I just wonder, you know, what's, 
how might that change and drive the reaction to some of these bigger issues now, as opposed to when people are more distracted by their daily lives and their, you know, their wants and their um, shiny baubles and, you know, whatever else that they're focused on um, and that they can put in their face to focus on instead of these other issues? You know, because we are such a material focused, a material driven society to the bone, you know, and we've got, now that's been taken away, you know, oh my God, we can't go out to eat, you know, you can't get your nails done, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so now we're all just people. Yes. And it's like, can you care yet? You start to care yet? You know, like uh, when everything is shut down, like we are, we are just people and we're all in a tribe together. You know, we mm-hmm. got to make sure no, you know, we have to take care of everyone in the tribe. Like we have an entire quarantine to save old people and autoimmune, you know, don't get me wrong. Quarantine is necessary, but it's also like, there are just like black people in our community mm-hmm. dying. So what are we going to mm-hmm. do about that? What's that version of quarantine, you know, from the police? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like there needs to be a balance to the way we care about people. Mm-hmm. And we need to show people, we need to let them know that we're on their side. Like, you know, I think everyone should just wear black lives matter t-shirts you know, mm-hmm. when I walk around and just people feel seen when I walk around with that sign, you know, like they, it really, it feels good just for everyone to be on the same side. And it's like, I'm not trying to, I'm not justifying your death, you know, your wrongful death. Like I'm, yeah, I see you, you know, as a person, it means a lot. It really does. So definitely. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about getting one of those shirts myself, <laughs> but I think everybody, um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see the movement. And so I think it is relevant to, I think too about the quarantine, shirts, like, oh, sorry, just like what I was going to say, the, this idea of marketing, you know, how mm-hmm. they, they use marketing on us constantly. The more, the more we see something, the more we just buy into it. And it's like, why don't we can even use that to our advantage if that's just the way it works, you know, like. Black Lives Matter. We need that to just be everywhere, you know? And it's just like a more safe community where it's like they, you know, this group of people feel safe in our community, in their community, in our country. Like, so yeah, Yeah. it's just super relevant to what's, yeah, what's going on. Yeah. I think it's good that maybe, maybe because more people, more average people are taking control of content to your point about marketing. It gives, it's an opportunity for more average people to take control of marketing, Mm -hmm. to take control of what's in people's faces rather than just a few that really have something to benefit financially. Maybe there's other ways we can use it. You know, and in this time, right, all of the marketers are asleep, basically, you know, because all of the consumerism is down. It's time for us to almost take marketing back. And that's kind of how I feel with my elf and with my signs. Yes. Well, you're, you're creating a wonderful campaign and I, I'm, you know, I want to help you. I'm happy to help you and just give you one more avenue to be out there, um, to be known. Cause like I said, I think with what you're doing, you have you have yourself primed to get the ear of so many. Um, and that's a powerful position. 
Thank you so much, Lisa. Your support really means the world to me. Oh, I just love it. I love everything that you're doing. I really do. So talk more. Can you tell me more about your book? Yes. You- <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, like I said, it's in a spiritual science fiction novel. It is a two-part Um, It's half graphic novel, half prose, depending on which dimension the main character is in. Um, (sighs) Yes. And like I said, it's, the hope is to bridge an idea to a better world, to one that is not so materially driven, so ego driven to me, you know, this like, what is that? (laughs) I call it the plastic bag mentality Mm -hmm. of like, you know, you need the fruit cannot have come from the earth. It must come from the plastic bag, you know, like Mm -hmm. everything. And now, I mean, everything needs to be clean. We're in a quarantine, but this separated from nature feeling Mm -hmm. and um, extreme sanitization. Mm -hmm. The point is, okay, now I'm getting lost on my own tangent about the (laughs) ego. The, it is a large philosophy of mine that I have put into a mythology And so it is based around a 13 year old girl who astral projects every night when she goes to sleep. And one night she goes too far and it goes wrong. And she wakes up the next day with wings growing out of her back. And the story is called wings. Okay. And so now she is trying to go back to her real life with these wings and they turn into like huge Eagle like wings you know, the world wants her to sell out. They want her to be something, some hero, little star, whatever, you know, but she has only one concern, her inner world, that astral world. And since she grew the wings, she's been locked out and she's Uh. trying to find her way back in, you know? And so she is trying to find ways of meditation or just, you know, going around the world. How can she find her way back in? And through the journey, she starts to wonder, like, how much is she still herself? And is she some sort of alien now? You know, there's an identity crisis. And at the end of book one, she finds her way back in. Okay. And she changes that human ego, that human collective conscious forever. And the aftermath is the second book. Okay. And the second book is where I get to really build that better world that I'm talking about. You know, I wanted the first book to be really focused on this one person's inner journey into this deeper spirituality uh-huh. in an everyday person. You know, she is like an average girl who has these extraordinary abilities, you know, and, but everyone else is projecting all these things onto her, you know, when really she must stay pure into that inner journey. And then she changes human consciousness forever and the second book, so now everyone is revealed. Remember before when I was talking about these irrational numbers or just like yes. that, these interdimensional existences are revealed to the masses. And now how does everyone cope with that? Now that everything just means something different, you know, the truth is really revealed on a deeper level and it really, the second book becomes a complete epic of worldwide proportions, you know, and um, I don't want to say too much about that one. Um, but the first book is really, you know. Yeah. About no, don't give us, a, don't give it away. You know? Yeah. But uh, it's called Wings. This is, 
a really big project of mine. I've been working on it for over a year now, just building this huge story and just like trying to deliver this like massive epic that comes from a really personal place. Really, you know, it is within and without. It's about everyone I've ever met and everyone I've never met. You know, it's about a lot. So that's what I'm writing in Times Square. And I hope really to find a publisher. I'm going to make a new sign that just says seeking publisher. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when, okay. And I was going to ask when will it be available, but I guess you just answered that question. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's listening, this is Times Square Elf book called <laughs> I think <laughs> somebody, somebody should jump right on that. Honestly, I really do think. Um, <laughs> so where do you get your inspiration? Oh, oh, again, from everyone I've ever met, everyone, my dreams, my life, my, I mean, and also I've had very transcendent experiences that really a lot of these philosophies and my personal life is based upon, you know, okay. just my connection with nature and who have I had a spiritual journey you know, a real hero's journey from the inside out. And I feel like I've come back to society on the other side to, to just share what, like my creativity on the other side, you know, okay. and try to share my experiences, you know, and through this story, like the story for me is a medium to just like share this wisdom, which sounds crazy, but you know, there, meditation is skywalking you know, and you as a human being have the ability to do that. And you've been trained your whole life to see everything is flat and dead, but it's not, it's all alive around you. Everything that's ever happened exists in this present moment, right in front of you, because that's all there is. There's no past or present or, or there's no past or future. It's only just now. Mm -hmm. And, and to really wrap your head around that in your soul can unlock the beyond and um I I was like how do I tell anyone about any of this stuff because I can really again go on a, a deeper rant here and it was like instead of ranting at people about you know these truths that I feel like I have found that are bigger than me completely you know I'm just a macaroni you know mm -hmm. what's the sauce the sauce is <laughs> the beyond i don't know the spirituality you know the this higher realm and um yeah to give it in a spiritual science fiction manner you know it felt like the safest route because it's like a it's just fiction anyway you know it's like but if you can find some deeper truth like when you're reading that story like mm -hmm. you know people they the suspense of belief you know people will really go on that journey with you you know, versus yeah. everyone just being so divided and being like, oh, that's not real. It's science versus spirituality. When it's like, no, it's both. Like math, those are those keys, like to just deeper things. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but. Totally. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. And yeah. it's brought, all of this stuff is really, you know, just in a story about like a 13 year old girl who grows up, you know, and. By the end of book one, she's about 25, 
So it's like just 10 years of her life growing up with these wings and like going on the spiritual journey and like going into the human subconscious and changing it forever for everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I love it. I love the story so much. It's my everything. It's my whole world. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it seems so timely as we were just discussing right now where everything seems to be suspended right now. Yeah. And um, the world is ripe for information, new information, different information. Yeah. Yeah. People are craving that new outlook, you know, and I feel even I'll talk about some of the stuff with people. And they'll tell me, they're like, man, if you were around 10 years ago, no one would listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, so right. It's just with an era, like people are just more open-minded to a truth because we've seen that the other system doesn't work. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, maybe it isn't one or the other. Mm -hmm. I think to your point too, um, you'll, you find as you open up and talk about these types of things, it's amazing to find how many people are truly open to it. And, um, you know, I think we might think that everyone's spiritually in the closet, you know, or spiritually, or, uh, I I mean, I guess a lot of people really are, or, but they're starting to come out. And when you find, when you start talking about things, they're like, yes, oh my gosh, I know what you mean. And you start to realize, oh, wow, maybe we should all just talk about this. Yes. And it feels so good, you know, and that's even like church, like church is so good for the soul because it's like one of the only places you can go somewhere and it's like spiritual community, mm-hmm. you know, like you can go to a concert and have a spiritual experience, but like everyone's on drugs or, or drinking or something or smoking weed, you know, some couple of people are sober, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, church, yeah. everyone is just well, like stone cold sober and like loving it. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think when, when, so, I mean, people deny things or push things away because of fear, because it's uncomfortable. We already talked about that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think, um, by mentioning, bringing up church because spirituality and traditional religion Mm -hmm. are not necessarily completely independent of each other. They're Mm -hmm. everything, everything works together. And so that, I think that helps people maybe be a little bit more comfortable because I think there's some fear, right? Because if it's different than what I've been raised to believe or different than what I've thought all my whole life, just like we're talking about race issues, right? And other things, if it's different, if it's different than what I've been raised to think, then it's scary and it's getting past that and stretching and, um, you know, growing, uh, so that we learn that maybe it's still okay. Even if it's a little scary, maybe it's not, that doesn't mean it's the wrong direction. Yeah. I, and I come from a place of no religious background, no spiritual background at all. My parents never went to church. I think I was, I was baptized, but like nothing. My parents, no community with these people, no really extended family either. Um, And so this is all, but I do remember the first time I really felt the Holy Spirit inside of me. And again, this sounds crazy, but I was 14 and I was at my friend's house and her mom was just talking to us about the Bible or just Jesus and just telling us stories and like reading to me from the Bible. And I could feel it. 
for the rest of the week, I like had this elation, you know, and I was like, wow, that is real. Whatever this Holy Spirit is, you know, I don't know exactly if it's, you know, you know, and she was telling me Christian stories, you know, I do. And one thing I will say about spirituality and religion. Okay. So I like to see religion as like, you know, if there's like um, a window that the stained glass and there's all these different colors and all those different colors are religions, but it's the same light that pours through all of them. Yeah. You know? I love that. Yes. And so she's telling me Christian stories. Okay. And this Holy Spirit, again, it's a, it's a light that transcends any religion, but, um, it's taken me a while. Or I, I, I've studied Hinduism a little bit. I've gotten into Buddhism, of course, you know, mm-hmm. just going on my own paths. And Upanishads is a text that's really close to my heart. But just the past year, I've gotten really close to the Holy Bible. And mm-hmm. um, I actually had an experience I'll tell you about when I first moved here. I was really, really depressed walking around in my own depressed little world. I was like in little eel with my rainy cloud above my head, very sad. And I got off the bus and I went the wrong way. And I was like, shoot, you know, this day sucks. Then I started to hear some drums in the distance. And I was like, what was that? I love music, so I go towards the sound. Mm-hmm. And then I peer in this door. It's like, it's the bottom of a building. Just a, kind of looks like a storefront. It was actually a church. I look inside and then someone just pulls me in. Yeah. And then I just stay there and I live in Bed-Stuy and I'm just at this church with this community that is not mine and everyone is dancing and everyone is singing and there's an organ being played. And it was just like everything I needed to just open up to, I was there for like, again, two hours. I don't know if I said that already, but And I'm just turning to the people next to me and it's like, yes, like you are the word. You are good, you know, turning left to right and just being a part of this. And I, I was high off that for like two months almost. Like it was just so cathartic and incredible. And, and I'm someone, I'm just very sensitive energetically. Like I can really pick up on good things and bad things. So I've had my own experiences with depression and anxiety and just like managing my own expectations Mm -hmm. of this cruel cruel world you know right and you know being a sensitive and idealistic person just kind of freaking sucks sometimes and but then you know I had this amazing moment where just these strangers pulled me into their community and let me celebrate life with them and it it was it was so good it was just so good. And I grew up as someone not religious at all. So I was always like, Ugh, as a teenager, ew, God is stupid. I don't have imaginary friends, you know, religion, whatever, just saying really ignorant, you know, this like science driven society. Like right. what is this like liberal science, like atheist mm-hmm. agenda, you know, nihilistic mm-hmm. anarchy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like punk music, you know? Yes. And then it was like, whoa, then you know, but I've also, I've had out-of-body experiences from a young age. And so it's just really, I went on a spiritual journey I didn't really ask for, and it changed me and it changed the way I 
do everything and I see everything in the way I talk to people and for the better. But, Wonderful. Yeah. So it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we definitely should do a part two. I want to do a part two. Um, oh, circle. Goodness, that'd um, be fun. I think yeah. that we, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I, we've been talking, I think for almost an hour. I think <laughs> so. so. I doubt I'm like, it's must be over an hour. I don't know, but. <laughs> yeah. So I think probably we should, um, wrap this one up because, and so much great things for people to take away from this episode. So thank you for sharing everything with me. I've really enjoyed it too. Um, uh, where, how, where can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Aroni Mac and that is A R O N I M A C K like macaroni, but backwards. Okay. Um, I'm also on YouTube. Um, you can find me in times square, of course, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, mostly Instagram right now, I would say in YouTube. Okay. So, yeah, and- I got Facebook a little bit, but yeah. And then, um, and then of course we'll look for your book. Um, seeking publisher, seeking publisher. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see if we can get you a publisher. Let's do it again. Yes. I want a real book too. I want, I'm in, you know, Times Square is named after the New York times. Okay. I have goals here. Yes, clearly. Well, Again, I just, I, I really admire you. I love everything that you've been doing. I think that your agenda is a wonderful, beautiful one. Um, so I support you a hundred percent. Same to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, please enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe, uh, please. Um, and healthy. (laughs) Yes. And I look forward to seeing more and more of your adventures. Um, but again, thank you for being a guest today and, and chatting with me. I've absolutely, absolutely enjoyed every minute of it. I really appreciate you. Yes. Thank you for letting me share my journey and being a part of yours. Thank you. Uh, uh, wonderful. Love it. Okay. So um, have a wonderful day and um, we will talk again uh, at a later date. We'll do a part two. Sound good? All right. Great. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, okay. Thanks. Right. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye.